This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Some people have three university degrees, others don't. While some value stability, others value freedom. Some people make decisions and act quickly. Others take things as they come. Others live a more fluid life, while others are structured. There is no right or wrong way to live. The question is simply whether your sense of self and your way of living align with a particular way of being. Confidence is exactly that. The truth of the matter is that if you choose any particular way of living, you can live with conviction no matter what anyone else says. The best part is that you'll become an inspiration to everyone else out there who wants to be themselves. Valeria interviews Trang Nova. She is a mentor and speaker for women who are hungry to pivot careers and build their dream business so they can live out their potential and purpose with freedom and fulfillment. In her mid-20s, Trang experienced a quarter-life crisis that led her to leave the sports industry so she could help women not just as athletes, but as human beings. Now, Trang is determined to help others step into their greatest power and thrive in their lives of impact. Because ultimately, she believes that when enough individuals are thriving, then humanity will thrive. And when humanity thrives, then the world can thrive for all forms of life and future generations. Meet Trang at alignedperformance.com.au. Here's the interview with Trang Nova. In your own words, who is Trang Nova? Mm. Thank you for asking this question, Valeria. Trang Nova, so many different parts of her. You know, when I think of myself, I I see a high achiever. I see a bit of a rebel, <laughs> a, a sensual goddess, an adventurer. Because, like, I um, I'm traveling at the moment. I'm on the road. I'm living abroad from where I usually am, which is in Australia. And I love like exploring the massive playgrounds that this earth is. Uh, I'm a businesswoman, I'm a mentor, a coach, an athlete, a speaker, uh, like so many different parts of me uh, that for, come together and integrate to be the Trang Nova that, that lives day to day. Mm, yes. I love that. The explorer and even the rebel when you said that caught my attention. I guess because I have a lot of conversations around spirituality and one of the, the definitions for, let's say, consciousness, God, the universe, life itself, it's always freedom. Freedom, that word comes back, the concept of freedom, it comes yeah. back over and over again. So it doesn't surprise me that when humans rebel against structures and rules, you know, and, and these ideas that how to live and how to be, how to behave. So I think that's that part of us, the free energy that says no to it, I think. Mm. What do you think about yeah. that? <laughs> I, I love that you bring that up because how I see it is that, you know, we're such dynamic individuals, right? Like we're right. so dynamic in terms of how we are. So even in answering that question, I, I listed out a few different hats that I might wear. But that is constantly evolving as well. And that's how I see myself right now. But that that freedom to to move around and to evolve 
in who we are as we like navigate through this life is something that I attach to freedom as you were talking about it. <laughs> yes, right. It, it, even, yeah, of course, creativity comes to mind immediately when I think about freedom too. So yeah, that really kind of reflects this um, movement that we go through life, which change. And with that in mind, I didn't ask you off record, what was this movement between what you're trying to represent before, what you're doing before and what you're doing now with the, your last name being Nova? I would love to hear more about them, the backstory. Yeah, absolutely. I've had a lot of deaths and rebirths during my time. You know, a, a big one that I talk about is when I first finished school and I went to uni to study physiotherapy and then spent the first four or five years working in the sports and fitness industry. So I was a physiotherapist. I was a running coach. I was a strength coach. And then when I was 24 years old, I had a huge quarter life crisis. You know, in other words, it was like an awakening. And I had a massive metamorphosis as I let go of what I previously knew about myself and my view of the world. And then I completely changed careers, started my business now to be doing what I'm doing. And like working with women who are hungry to pivot and build their dream business of impact. Um, that's what I'm doing now. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I see that us women, we have so much power. We, if each of us can thrive in our lives, can do what it is that is on our hearts, can serve and fulfill our purpose through the vessel of our work and our business, then, oh my gosh, like the world will never be the same. Like so many more people will thrive. Humanity as a collective will thrive. And then the world will thrive for all forms of life and future generations. So that was a big evolution. Uh, and then my latest evolution was really leaning into how I was evolving and stepping into and embracing more of my own femininity. And we actually spoke about this before, really, Aria, talking about how Nova has a feminine essence. But it's, but it's also so me because you might be able to hear I am quite high energy. I, uh, I have a lot of like excitement and I'm just, yeah, like I'm really out there. Um, and Nova, it's actually an astrological term for a bright star that shines and exudes its light and its energy. And it also means new because often these 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 stars, they they arise and they are born and then they shine bright in the in the sky. A supernova is like a powerful explosion of energy. And I was like, this is me to the <laughs> T and I really want to <laughs> lean into like – just my energy going forwards. Ah, I love what what's not love about it. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes, and I love the message. I read that when you say that. I actually had it here somewhere, but you just said it. Every woman or everyone really uncovered what they are. I usually say it that way, not even who we are, but what we are. Then that would change everything. This reality altogether, but. A question that I often ask, and it has been my own journey, is to uncover that it seems like we have to go through a process of healing. It has been my case, the limiting beliefs and trauma and all that. Talk to me about this idea, this concept of healing and how it can lead us to live a thriving life in an authentic life. Mm. Yeah, it's... It's an ongoing journey, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> it, right. It's something that, like, I, you know, didn't understand at the start of my journey. So when I went through this quarter-life crisis that I mentioned before, I was so confused. I was like, what's happening? Is something wrong? Like, why do I feel so torn? And why do I feel so, like, confused? Like, I'm, I'm getting pulled in different directions. But what I came to understand through my awareness is that it was simply my new views of the world, new ways that I was experiencing and interacting with the world and myself and actually integrating that with everything that I had been taught and everything that I thought I knew about myself and the world. 
And that in itself was what I see as part of the healing process for me is actually looking with a spotlight of these are all the beliefs, these are all the narratives, and these are all of the the paradigms that I have just simply absorbed from when I was young, of course, like subconsciously, because we're just simply a mold of our environment. And, and actually integrating that with continually evolving paradigms, continually evolving ways that we view ourselves, the ways that we are, <laughs> the ways that we want to move forwards in our life. Um, and that is the process of, okay, let's continue to stay in alignment. Let's continue to be our most true, unfiltered self and then processing <laughs> and letting go of all the things from the past that may not be serving us anymore. Mm. That's true. I love what he said there, that a lot of times it is really having that courage to just be the true you, the true, to listen to the heart as I, my journey started that way. And then healing or working, the process of healing started after that. So it's almost followed, actually. It's not even inside. It followed that energy of having the courage to do what I wanted to do, to follow my own heart. That makes sense to me, what you said. I never heard it that way. But now that I listen to you, that's exactly how it happens, right? It takes courage, doesn't it, Trang? To mm, live from yeah. the heart, to be the authentic us. It's not easy, though. No, because... What is normal in our culture is what is the path of least resistance, right? Because if we blend in, our survival instincts love that. We don't have any uh, external forces against us. But to be our true self and to express that freely, it, it requires first and foremost awareness. It requires consciousness. We must actually have to question what we've always done and what we've always been. And we have to question something that we are within. So it's, it's, it can be so difficult to recognize that the way that we've always done things is just one way. Mm. It's not the only mm. way. It's not how things are. Mm. It's just one option. It's just one path. Mm. So right. yeah, like, and, and, uh. and that is the only the first step because from there we've got to, we've got to, and, and, like take action on that. We've got to embody the change and that's where the courage comes in. Yes. <laughs> it's a big step. Wow. I never heard it that way, but it's so refreshing. And I have interviewed lots of people. <laughs> wow. I love the way you said that. Um, yes, yeah, just the way we have done thing. It's not that's right or wrong. So it's just because it's there are other ways of doing that, of behaving, of acting, of thinking. I love the way you said that. Ah, that kind of, you stopped me here for a moment. Yes, you know, to me, the message was not that's wrong. That's not about right or wrong, but the way, exactly the way you said. It's because there are many ways of, of being here in this body, in this mind, in this, in this world, in, to re, relating to it. So how amazing. I never thought it that way. That's beautiful. I love wisdom. I'm a lover of wisdom and a seeker of truth. So yeah, I get kind of excited about these things in the moment like this. So I guess going back to the topic, right, was confidence. So confidence, the imposter syndrome. So I get the first question I have about that open question is, is there a difference between confidence and authenticity or they are one and the same? Oh, this is a great question. I think there's a lot of overlap between the two. You know, confidence is, is deeply associated with authenticity in that like when we are expressing our true unfiltered nature and we are choosing that, you know, where we are aware of our mission, our purpose, we're aware, we're aware of our values and our identity and then we choose to express that, then that is a conscious choice. And then that leads to confidence because we can be convicted and we can walk our path with our head held high knowing that we have chosen this. 
So I think there is a lot of association. I think they're closely linked to each other. Absolutely. So they are connected, right? Yeah. And that's what yeah. I thought. I, I usually thought of confidence as spiritual confidence. That's what interested me. Actually, that's not the way I thought, but was the way I wanted to be. I didn't want to be confident because of the body or because of how uh, I express some thoughts or the books I have written, any of that. That wouldn't mean much to me. But spiritual confidence, it would be to being confident enough to be kind to, you know, those that are not kind to me, for example or be loving no matter what. That's the kind of confidence that I really wanted to have always. Like that was my quest. And, and now I don't think it has evolved that much. I still think the same way. That's what makes me confident because I cannot harm other people. I wouldn't, I think of others as, as my, myself, as being myself. So I can't really be unkind to others. So in that sense, it's really... It never changed. And that's interesting, my trying Some some things never change. I remember being like this since I was a child, even in my household with my parents. And it was a very traumatic kind of childhood the way I had it because violence and all that. But I remember always uh trying to be the being the peacemaker. When I was hurt, I was trying to kind of nurture people who, who, who made me hurt, who hurt me. I was, I was trying to, I would ask them, are you okay? Instead of, I mean, I don't know how much of that has influenced my path into spirituality and all this, and even being things that I say today, the way I live today. But I don't know. That seems to me that however I came, I arrived here, it's, it's the way to be. And that's what makes me smile in a way, kind of be confident. Because regardless, if it is because of trauma, if it was suffering, whatever it is, it's now I know that everything is interconnected, that life is one huge, beautiful system. It's, it's that whole and we all, all these parts. So it makes a lot of sense. Now it really makes sense to me. So I had to say that when it comes to confidence, but another inauthenticity that makes sense when you say that's part of uh, authenticity and, and, and confidence. They, they come hand in hand. However, you know, we arrive at that, at that point. You want to make a comment? Because I have another question. I have too many questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I've always got more to say. I'm such a talker. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, I, I do, I'd love to expand on what uh-huh. you said in that. Uh, thank you for sharing that you, you've you had this like spiritual confidence and yeah. you, you've developed that from a young age. And I think that's very inspirational to hear because how I see it is that there are confidence in the different dimensions of our existence. Like there's uh, physical confidence, there's mental confidence, there's emotional confidence, and there's spiritual confidence. And I really do believe that spiritual confidence is actually the deepest level of confidence that we have. So to quickly go through it, what I'm referring to is, you know, physical confidence. If we are doing things that make us proud of ourselves, then yeah, we're going to naturally feel more confident. And then mental confidence is if we have the capacity to acknowledge what we have done and our worth through what we've done, then we have that next tier of confidence. Because not everyone who is a high achiever and achieves things actually mentally acknowledges and owns what they've done. And that's why there are a lot of high achievers who lack confidence. And then the next tier is emotional confidence where we can mentally recognize something, but do we feel the magnitude of that in our body? Do we feel the magnitude of the pride and the confidence? And then the last tier is that spiritual dimension of, you know what? regardless of who you are, what you are, what you've achieved, regardless of all of that, simply by you existing and being here on this earth, you have a place and you belong. And getting to that tier of recognition that we uh, we are inherently worthy, that is the deepest, truest form of confidence. So mm. Yeah, I, I love that uh-huh. you have arrived to that. And um, 
yeah, I really wanted to touch on that because that's something that I've shared with my clients and I know that that is really helpful for them to hear the different tiers and the different aspects of confidence. Right. Yes. 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 A billion times to that. Yeah, that's exactly it. Do you believe in, let's say, uh, it's not even belief system, I guess. It's just an experience we often have that we see people at different levels and for them, for some of us, it kind of starts with the, the physical confidence and then it graduates to the mental and then emotional and then to get to the spiritual. For some reason, I was always interested in the spiritual confidence. Of course, I didn't title that way. I didn't have that language. Would you say that if a person starts with working on spiritual confidence, would they still need to work on the other three or would that be um, the destination per se? Mm, that's a great question. In, you know, spiritual confidence being feeling deeply worthy because we're simply here, because we're simply a part of this universe and we are, you know, the universe, we are the essence of, of life. I think that is already the deepest level in that, you know, even if you weren't achieving things, you weren't doing big flashy things with your career or with, you know, your hobbies or whatever it might be. Like none of that matters anymore. And I think that's not to say that it doesn't matter at all. Um, I, I personally get a lot of fulfillment and I think it's still part of the human condition and it's like a core need to have some growth in our lives and to be able to contribute and to have something to work towards. Um, but to be able to access both is the key. You know, being able to access fulfillment and inherent worthiness regardless of our life situation and then also being able to access, you know what, I I want to be more, I want to do more, I want to work on all of these other dimensions of the physical reality that I'm in at the moment, you know, living here on planet Earth, the human experience, uh, actually tapping into that. So what, in a very long-winded way, what I'm saying is I, I see that spiritual confidence is the deepest level. In that, if you've reached that, you're you're in a really robust, uh, serene place. Uh, but also, being able to access both, being able to access the different parts of our experience, I think is going to create the most rounded, deeply fulfilling uh, experience. Mm, yes, right. Because it's still well, from my experience, whatever we learn from this spiritual realm per se, or the, which we call the spiritual, whatever we we call it spiritual spirituality. We need to integrate that within the mind, body, and emotions, yeah. of course. And that's what I've that's what I have learned. I before I thought that that would be the end game. Okay, I achieved that. I know what the truth is, and then that's. But then I, I noticed that that pretty quickly, actually, that that was not really not that it was not enough, but it was not. They were two different realities per se. So I couldn't live in the spiritual reality alone by its, that could not stand on its own because it had it had to be embodied. And that's mm. what I have learned. It was not um it's not an easy process though, because um it has to do with relationships again. And that's uh, an interesting conversation, a different conversation of course to have, but having this relationship with your body and you know, knowing that it doesn't have to be perfect, but at the same time, it's good that it it is healthy. So exercise, eating healthy and all that. And then there's, you know, there's the, we go back to that idea of balance. So it's, it feels like coming from the spiritual understanding, it's, it feels like uh, confined and the, those rules again. So it takes mm. you away from the space of freedom. That, you know, I can be whatever I want to be. <laughs> I can be fat, yeah. I can be overweight, I can be whatever, it doesn't matter. But then, you know, we learn pretty quickly that's not really how it works. So you go back to, in my case, doing everything I used to do before they, they understand the spiritual, getting to realize in depth this spiritual confidence. Then I had to go back and and I'm, I'm, I'm back into health, living in a sense of working out and eating healthy and all that stuff. So it becomes the human experience. It feels a lot more complete now for that reason, I would oh. say. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, and we wish for everyone to 
Oh my God, Trang, we really, that's my vision. If everyone could realize that first, right, before even trying, because that was my path in a way of disconnection, uh, trying to look perfect physically and healthy and all that, but so unhappy and disconnected. <laughs> so yeah. then going back to what uh, the place that I needed to start with. Oh, you want to make a comment? I have another question. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can yeah. mention I think that actually ties back to what we were talking about before about healing. Yes. You know, like yeah. you know as as we are growing up in this world we just absorb and soak up the the most mainstream and most prevalent narrative around us and I think there's a huge culture of you know how we physically look being tied to our worth and being tied to our levels of confidence and I think it's not just you and it's not just me either. You know, I've I've been there before who experiences that. And I don't think that, you know, we can be harsh in ourselves for entering to that that place because it's just what's fed to us. Yes. But then to yes. be yes. able to swing the other way, to develop the awareness and to do the embodiment to create deeper levels of confidence that isn't attached to, you know, the more uh, like common mainstream uh, narrative that, yeah, that deserves kudos and that is, um, that is the real work. Mm, yes, right, right. Did you have mentors along the way to help you to get where you are today, Trang, or you did all this on your own? Mm, yeah, I absolutely had support along the way. I um, stumbled across my very first mentor who initially I decided to work with them purely for business. Uh, but little did I know that they were going to be able to support me and guide me in so many other ways at the level of the core of who I am, you know, what I am as a, a human being. And that has really helped with the healing process. That's really helped with my spiritual development and my emotional development and essentially just creating inner peace and mm, fulfillment yeah. and joy as I move through life. So, yeah, I, I'm a big fan and no bias, uh, given yeah. that I'm a mentor myself. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I really do believe that that's been a, like, such a core part of my development. Yes, yeah, it has been my case too. I have deep appreciation for guides. That's what I call people like yourself, coaches, psychologists, and mentors. I mean, all kinds of people. It's incredible how we are helping one another to get that final destination, if there is one, which I don't believe in destinations, but per se, let's say happiness or inner peace. So it's beautiful to see that yeah. doing the work together. And do, yeah, speaking of that, talk to me for, about your work for a moment. What kinds of people you work with and what's the process? Do you have programs? Do you work with them offline and meet them in person, groups and all that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how I describe myself is I am a mentor for women who are hungry to pivot careers and build their dream business of impact so that they can fulfill their potential and purpose and ultimately create a life of freedom and fulfillment. Um, so I, I mainly work with women because that's uh, th that wasn't something that I decided to do to be exclusive or anything. It's just who I found resonate with me the most and the, the connections and the partnerships are so whole and so intimate. Um, and the, the reason why I do that, uh, I think I've touched on this a little bit before, is because when I went through my quarter-life awakening, um, I realized that you know, my purpose was to make as much of an impact as possible during my time here. You know, I, I wanted to leave the world a better place than how I was born onto it. And I saw that when I worked with individuals and like helped them raise their levels of consciousness, then that will create like a, like a world that is heart-led, uh, that is kind, that is progressive. Um, so, yeah, like how I do that is through a variety of, of different ways. I, I work with um, women one-on-one. -on -one. I, I do have masterminds 
So a six-month mastermind called Life of Legacy. Um, That is my heart and soul put into a mastermind, which also has a retreat, a four-day retreat at the end of the mastermind. Um, And, you know, various other group coaching programs and um, workshops and things like that. Um, But I like to have a whole range of different offerings so that it's accessible to everyone. And, And that's my mission is I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve a mission. And I would love for this to reach all the corners of the world and to be accessible for everyone, no matter your situation. Right. How beautiful. I love that. That's a beautiful contribution. I love the way you said that to live in the world, a better place that we found it, right? And another thing that came to mind was something that I heard before from my spiritual teacher. Um, He said, when I close my eyes and go to bed at night, I find peace, so I am at peace. And when I open my eyes in the morning, the first question is, how can I help? Mm. What's in the mind? So that says a lot. I do get that feeling that people who are connected within their own depth, found, uncover what they are, they tend to do that too. That means they found that inner peace, now they wanted to pass that on. And the way to do that is, how can I help? <laughs> that is mm. such a beautiful, and I love the way you said, yeah, I am a service, right? Yeah, yeah. that's really beautiful. So changing the subject a bit, um, what is the imposter syndrome? Mm. Imposter syndrome. Yeah, change the subject yeah. altogether. <laughs> in <a> way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this kind of ties in with um, the what our conversation before was surrounding confidence. Um, Because imposter syndrome is defined as, um, it could be also called as imposter phenomenon. It could also be called as fraud syndrome. Essentially, it describes high achieving individuals who, despite their objective successes, fail to internalize their accomplishments and have persistent self-doubt and fear of being exposed as a fraud or imposter. So that is actually the definition of imposter syndrome. And it's essentially the feeling that we are not worthy, that we lucked out, you know, that our achievements were a fluke, that we, you know, aren't, uh, we don't belong, that we're not ready to be where we're at. Um, And it's how I liken it to is, you know, when we, Go onto a roller coaster at a theme park. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, think think we're at mm-hmm. a fair or a theme park. We go on a roller coaster. Initially, mm-hmm. there's that excitement, right? Like, we're like, yes, I'm going to go on this roller coaster. I'm going to go on this ride. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you line up and then you sit mm-hmm. into the ride and they put your seatbelt on, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my gosh, this is real. <laughs> this is <Yes>. happening. <laughs> and yeah. that that actually accompanies the excitement that we feel for something that is new, for something that is bigger than we've experienced before. So imposter syndrome, it is a companion for us in our journey of growth and expansion. It doesn't feel good at the time because, yes, it, it, it feels like so much resistance and it feels like it's, it's just a very uncomfortable, stretchy feeling. But it's such a companion, especially as we go through our life and we expand and expose ourselves to new situations and new challenges. Right. Which is being comfortable with the uncomfortable. I haven't heard it that way before. And that's that's not easy. So what do you suggest? I know you wrote a blog post about that, how to squash your imposter syndrome. I have that in front of me here. So, and then I I think you talk about your own experience and how Mm. did I grow this confidence? So, oh, that, yeah, that, that was a different question, but you did talk, you talk about learning from other people, which we talked about mentors and being guided and then spend more time with people who believe in you. Yeah, that's a big Mm. one, choosing wisely, right? The people who surround us. That's a big one. And I I wonder why, I mean, I have my ideas here, but do you wonder why some of us choose to be around people who don't elevate us and don't help us grow? We're actually helping them more than they're help, they helping us. Is that something mm. that is because we're already at that level of helping others that we find ourselves in that in those uncomfortable positions? Yeah, it, it can be. 
I think by default, like, you know, a lot of us who have the, who, who are coming from the intention of wanting to help others, then we, we are drawn to uh, situations where we can serve that intention, right? Um, I, I think another thing is with imposter syndrome, so part of the definition that I mentioned is that imposter syndrome actually disproportionately affects high achievers, which is interesting because high achievers, you know, they have a whole list of accomplishments <laughs> under yes. their belt, yet yeah. they feel this imposter syndrome even more than others. And one of those reasons is because as humans, we have this psychological bias and it's called the negativity bias. And what this negativity bias is, is that our brain will naturally recognize and latch onto negative feedback more than positive feedback. So for example, <laughs> we may be at work, we may have just done a presentation. We ask our colleague, you know, how was that presentation? How'd I go? The colleague says, you did so well. I love that you did this. I loved that part of your presentation. And then they say the dreaded words, but. <laughs> and yeah, they, they don't want to hear they, that. <laughs> yeah, but. You know, and, and they follow up this whole <laughs> list of things that we did well with maybe one thing that we could have done better. Just right. one thing. But yes. now our brain, <laughs> now our brain Focus will latch on onto that one thing that we could have done better. So our true. brain forgets everything else. Like yes. we suddenly have the, the memory of yeah. a goldfish, like three <laughs> seconds. We've forgotten everything else. Yeah. And we latch onto the one thing that we could have done better. So this negativity bias can be enhanced when we are spending time with others who are even further ahead of us in our journey. You know, other high achievers who are like, way further ahead of our journey because we will look at them and now we suddenly feel really small. You know, we feel like we've got such a big gap of where we need to go. We feel like we are not worthy, that we are not capable. And that enhances uh, and that um, amplifies the imposter syndrome. And that sometimes can be really uncomfortable as well. So sometimes we would rather be in a small fish tank and be the biggest fish in that fish tank than to step into the ocean and be a little fish amongst the whales mm. and the dolphins and the sharks. Mm. And that can be a subconscious process. We don't even realize that we do that. Wow. That's a very good analogy, like example of that, right? Mm. Having this, it's, um, it's being open to life, right? And, and that goes back to the idea of fear, yeah, and I have heard, you probably have heard it too, that love is the opposite of fear. Fear is the opposite of love, mm -hmm. that they don't go together. So it sounds to me like, yeah, it goes back to that lack of spiritual confidence and a sense of self-worth and self-love. So self-acceptance, all that work that needs to be done there. Yeah, and I have yeah. seen that with myself as well, of course. That that was actually actually my mask, you know. I was trying so hard to hide the unhappy parts of me, you know, the part that was unhappy. So I wanted to play that that role and show other people that I was happy and healthy, that everything was perfect when it wasn't. And then, I mean, I'm sure it was clear for some people because, you know, there are a lot of intuitive people out there. <laughs> they, can, they can see through things. But I think I didn't, it didn't, didn't matter for me, I, I remember. And that's sad, very sad. When I think about now living a life the way I was, I was living. It was so not authentic. Trying to be something just to, to living for others as if I was separate from others. So there was, in that, in essence, mm. I, I can see that now is like this deep-rooted feeling of separation from the universe, from life itself. So that I was trying to be something so they, you know, so others could see whatever it was. So that kind of, um, you just made me think about that now as a, as a, as a reflection. Mm. So, but there's another thing that you said that's interesting. Yeah, when you talk about the ocean and all that, that made me visualize, kind of picture that. And then you do talk about that too, visualizing mm. my dream daily. And then you actually had, I think, um, the, do you work with that? I think there's a, a future programming visualization process. Is that something that you taught in the past? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so 
visualizations, you know, full stop, any type of visualizations are so powerful for Uh our confidence and to overcome imposter syndrome. There's actually scientific evidence that shows that when we visualize something, we actually trick our brain into thinking that it's already happened. You know, we create familiarity and comfort through the visualization. So if we have something that's coming up, you know, maybe it's a job interview, maybe it is a a big launch in, in our own business, maybe it's a challenging conversation that we're having with a partner or with a family member, like whatever the future event is that we are feeling nervous about. We can visualize that. And, you know, I love visualizations. I do visualization meditations all the time. Um, We can visualize that to create more comfort and familiarity, therefore boosting our confidence within 10 minutes even. And that's the incredible thing about our confidence. Like our state of confidence is so uh, easily manipulated, you could say. Like it's so easily uh, adapted according to how we choose to direct our thoughts and our feelings. So the future programming visualization is something that I, I got first taught by my mentor back in the day. And it's a it's a process where you visualize the event, right? You, vi- you visualize this event from the end to the start. So you sit down, you close your eyes, and you see this scene unfolding in front of you. And this scene is five minutes after this event has completed successfully. And you see what's happening. And not just seeing it, but immersing yourself in that moment like you were hearing it, like you were smelling it, like you were tasting it, like you were feeling it. Because the more that we involve our senses in a visualization, the more realistic it is, the more powerful this visualization becomes. So visualizing five minutes after successful completion and then moving backwards to five minutes before successful completion and then three quarters of the way through this event and then halfway through and then a quarter way through, and then the very start of this event. So we work backwards, and then from there, once we've created, uh, once we've created this vision of how this event will go, we can then run through the event from start to finish, still visualizing this in our minds, running the, through the events from start to finish three more times because you know yes. three is such a magic number, right? The more that we can consolidate this vision, the more we can convince our minds into thinking that we are safe. You know, it is okay. It's not that, uh, it's not that um, uncomfortable or unknown after all. And that is a a visualization process that you can do over five minutes. You can do over 15 minutes, but essentially what it does is it creates our, it, it creates confidence in the way that us getting into a car and driving It's just something that we do without even thinking about it because we do it so many times, Uh right? Just repetition creates confidence Uh versus if we were asked to hop into a helicopter and fly Mm -hmm. a helicopter, like that's going to be a little bit more scary. Why? Because we haven't done Mm -hmm. it before. So this visualization process is the repetition to increase and expand our self uh, our sense of self and our capabilities to complete yes. something. And I have heard a lot about it. And even with uh, hypnotherapy, I guess, yeah, that's one of, I interview a lot of people who are hypnotherapists mm. and they often talk about that, mm. visualizations, which has relaxation, visualizations, and then imagination, all that. And of course, they are, they, it depends what you're using hypnotherapy for. But there's, I, I remember interviewing somebody recently, actually, Ben Hart uh, Tevis from Germany. And he has a self, I think it's self, yes, yeah, self, self-hypnosis, where he has all these different kinds mm-hmm. that you can put together. And then one of them, it's achievements, whatever you want to achieve in life, confidence, whatever it is. And then you can put it together, tape, and then listen over and over again. That's fascinating how the brain is. So in a way, this reality, it can be altered, right? Something that it seems so solid and so fixed, but it's not not at all. Interesting. Yeah, there's actually a quote that I love, and it's by Tim Ferriss. 
um, and he's he's met, he's talked about how reality is yeah, negotiable. Yeah. That's a good one. You know, <laughs> reality yeah, is negotiable, ones. and you know, if if you stress test the boundaries and experiment with the impossibilities, you'll quickly discover that most limitations are a fragile collection of socially reinforced rules that you choose to break at any time. Uh, and I think that is so powerful to remember that, you know, everything is just almost an yeah. illusion. It's just like this collection mm. of repeated uh, beliefs. It's, it becomes like this incubation <laughs> yes. of the, the, uh, these, um, yeah, just these narratives, these stories. But we can rise up above that and we can change the narrative at any time. Yes, yes. That's what the that's when the fun starts, right, Trang, from in my from my perspective. Yeah. So, so true. I love the way you say that too. I love the way you said it before about it's just one way of the way we have been doing things, it's just one way of doing things. So that means we are just creating with our own minds this fixed places to be, to behave, you know, to think from. But uh, yeah, the, the possibilities are infinite. And, I, and I, a lot of times I wonder why so many of us don't really tap into that. I know a lot of people that I talk to, they do, myself included, and lots of people that I'm, I am in contact. But I see around my family members and my friends that they are not really, they seem to be like living from that constructed place. And do you think that's reinforced mm. by society and all the structures that we that we are surrounded by? Yeah, it's it's kind of woven through anything and everything that we touch in our day to day life, and it just continues to become reinforced until we create some sort of pattern interrupt and we we choose to step out of the bubble and look at the bubble rather than mm. being in the bubble. Love that. Yes. <laughs> That's a powerful way of seeing it too. That's another easy. I could visualize that immediately. <laughs> the way you speak, yeah. it's very, uh, you speak in pictures. <laughs> I can see the images. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Can you tell them yeah, a visual right. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. We are almost at the end. This is a lot of fun, but I do have something else that I found on your website and your blog. There's something, I think that's the title of the blog. Yes. Three truths that will suck to hear, but will elevate your life. <laughs> I love that. It's fun, the title too, the way you say it. And then, do you mind me disclosing this here? Trying those. Oh, it's okay. Please do. <laughs> yeah. So the first one you write yeah. there is uh, the reason you're not successful is because you haven't earned it yet. So I will stop here and then I'll ask you a question. <laughs> what, is, what is your idea of success these days? What is to be successful to you? Mm, I love this question. So this is constantly evolving and my answer last year was very different to what it is now. Um, my, my answer to this now is first and foremost at a high level to be able to do what I want, when I want, with whom I want. And that is the the freedom that I seek. Now, for me specifically, what that actually looks like is serving my mission most days of my life. That brings me so much fulfillment. That brings me so much joy. Uh, and that gives me a sense of purpose. And I think that's a really big part of us humans. We we need to be living for something. Um, so serving my mission as in doing my work, like having these conversations and spreading my experiences and my stories out there to hopefully touch other heartbeats. Uh, me doing my mentoring, running my mastermind, running my retreats, that is serving my mission. Um, also, in alignment to what I mentioned at the start, like I have many different identities. Like I'm also a traveler and an adventurer, an explorer. So I love to have space and flexibility to spend time with friends and family, to go on adventures, to see the world, to experience different cultures and experience, yeah, what this planet mm -hmm. has to yeah. offer. Uh -huh. um, so being able to do that within and around serving my mission. And that's what success means to me. Having that fulfillment, having that freedom and having that inner peace. Wow. So that's basically having it all to me <laughs> and, and beautiful, a beautiful <laughs> way of defining success. Yes. So 
it, it's just this, I mean, you're just very much aligned with um, the inner and the outer world. So you're bringing, I mean, there's just one in the end, it's just one reality, really. You just bring everything together. Yeah. How wonderful. So the second truth that you spoke of on that blog post is your challenges have been created by you. So that, that was one that got me <laughs> like, oh, really? So that we create our own challenges. Talk to me about that. <laughs> yeah, this is, this can yeah, be a hard one to is. take on <laughs> because, because yeah, like we can often think and default to the, um, yeah, default to the way of thinking that, you know, oh, why is this happening to me? But how I see it is like, you know, why is this happening because of me? Like, how did I create this? Because how I see it is that, you know, our our life situation, it isn't an accident. It's not, you know, it hasn't happened coincidentally. Where we're at now, everything that's happening in our life is the result of everything that we have thought, felt, done, and been up until now. It's the accumulation of all of our choices. And Sure, you know, I acknowledge that there are things that are out of our control, 100%. Um, but because they're out of our control, like, is there any resourcefulness in focusing on that? What if we instead focused on what has been my role in creating this challenge? Or if we didn't necessarily create it, what is my role in enabling this challenge to continue? Like, where is my power to create my path going forwards? And I find that that can be a, a big uh, challenge and truth to accept at the start, but it brings on so much freedom in inner peace because we don't, we, we can't be the victim of our scenario. We get to be the one who gets in the driver's seat and to direct our path going forwards. So it creates that inner peace. It creates the results that we want in our life because we step into our own power and then we get to experience the success or the uh, reward of us creating our life rather than just managing it or mm, reacting to so it. So true. So, so true. Wow, that's, uh, that's what we call empowerment. So feeling empowered, which is pretty much, very much the different from the feeling of being, being a victim of whatever it is. Guess, let me see. Let me see the way I see that challenge is being created by you. True. There's something about it that it's just not... There's something that I I just found a word for it because I do my spiritual practices is with Vedanta. I don't know if you heard about non-duality. Advaita Vedanta is a Hindu philosophy. And there's something that they talk a lot about, which is ignorance. So a lot of, I see a lot of that, like my situation, for example, when growing up in Brazil, that I was um, born into a family that was very dysfunctional and disconnected, very violent. So I always wonder, wondered, you know, asked that question, did I choose this? Why is, why are they this way? Why, you know, it could be different. Yeah. But then you see, because that would be very difficult to kind of, even now when I think about it, I know that there's the law of karma and a lot of people think about that when we think about suffering, making sense of suffering and you know, seeing children die, being abused and all that. So how to make sense of all that, I, I mean, the only thing Vedanta has helped me a lot with to understand how suffer, uh, suffering gets perpetuated and that is ignorance, which is knowledge would be the antidote to it, spiritual knowledge specifically. So I guess, yeah, I try to have challenges, of course, and mostly in relationships, not easy, married, and it's not, I see my husband, he does things that uh, when he's unkind, it doesn't make sense to me. And then to me, that's a challenge, a big challenge, mm. because everything I do is about kindness, love, always trying to raise that vibration. So when I am in contact with anything that's the opposite, and then there's this shock. And then I, that's a challenge for me emotionally. I don't understand why this is, why am I, if I'm creating this, how? So. 
I don't know, Trang. Yeah, I tried yeah. to make sense of suffering as a, you know, from a big picture. And the only answer I found that made sense to me so far, it's ignorance. In a sense of ignoring was what is true, that everything's connected, that life is a whole, that we all piece of, uh, we're part of one body in this big body being life. So we are all parts of that system. Mm-hmm. And, like, and I, I really truly, truly believe that once we get to know that, then we won't harm ourselves or others anymore. That will end. So yeah. I don't know, I'd love to hear from you a bit more about that, all that. <laughs> yeah, this is such a deep, like, rabbit <laughs> hole of pondering to yeah. go down, isn't it? Because I, I've actually been down this this place before where I'm like, you know, children who are suffering, you know, babies who are suffering, how did they create this situation for themselves? And it just led me to being so lost <laughs> and being so confused. And I actually once did a 24 hours of silent meditation and that's kind of like where my thinking went and it just like continued to go deeper and deeper. And I think for me, tying it back to what I mentioned before, like Maybe there are things that are out of our control. Maybe there are things and forces that we just can't understand as as the humans that we are with our our capabilities. Maybe we can't uh, reason everything that happens. Um, But maybe the best thing that we can do is still ask ourselves, you know, what's our role in either creating this or if we didn't create it, like allowing it to continue and how can we use the power that we have as the individual that we are to contribute in any way that we can? Uh, and, and that's kind of where I landed and that's where I feel most peace with because what that thinking uh, what that thinking allows is space for us to have power but also allows us to like not have to feel like we need to fix and to mm. solve every problem yeah. overnight. Because that's also quite a dangerous place to be in that it can send us spiraling. Uh, I've been there before. (laughs) So like creating space to be empowered, but also allowing, uh, just allowing the space for us to also not always be able to like be able to change everything overnight. You see, that's a, a beautiful practice with meditation that brings us to the moment where reality is happening now. So why be in the past? Why be anywhere else when we can be here? Because actually that's what consciousness really is. It's unlocalized. So it's every, everywhere anyway. But it is amazing that we are somehow consciousness is able to be here now in this moment and be being expressed to this body-mind in, in, in your body-mind is just incredible. To me, it's, I mean, it's a gift. It's really, really a gift looking from that perspective. So I agree with you. Yeah. I I mean, I just mentioned that the suffering because my own experience and then trying to make sense of it all. Yeah. Confusion for sure was there. I felt lost for so long trying to understand the the cause of suffering. And now it's very clear to me that it's ignorance. So I did take the steps to leave my uh, parents' house really at a young age because that was the only way out. Um, That was the only thing I could do to... um, not to suffer more than I was suffering, and then create space so I could do what I'm doing today, So, which is kind of the antidote of ignorance, creating more awareness, the spiritual knowledge, putting these messages out there. So yeah, that's exactly how I feel, more empowered now from the human perspective. And the last one, the last truth is that you mentioned was no one makes you feel anything. You make yourself feel that. That resonates true to me. Again, it goes back almost like on, on the same note, right, Trang? This idea of nothing makes you feel uh, unhappy. You are making yourself feel unhappy. But it's a, it's a bit different yeah. here in a sense about the control idea. But yeah, talk to me about that, the number three. I would love to hear your thoughts, your expansion on that. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think um, where this started for me was I used to blame other people for making me feel a certain way. I'd be like, oh, you hurt me or you made me sad or you made me angry. But then I started to uh, take on the mentality that 
every problem is our problem. You know, like we are responsible for everything that we perceive in our reality because, you know, ultimately everything that happens, we must first take it into our mind. We must first filter it and process it. Uh, and only then do we actually perceive that reality. So we are the ones who filter everything that happens. And I started to see how two different people could go through the exact same event and perceive it and respond in completely contrasting ways. So what that means is it's never an event that makes us feel something. It's never an event that causes something. It's our perception of that event, whether it's someone saying something to us, someone doing something to us. It is our filtering and processing of that event that creates the feelings that we experience. So once again, taking you know full yeah. <laughs> a, a full ownership and responsibility for our scenario, our thoughts, mm. our feelings. We're not going to be perfect all the time, of no. course. We're not going to yeah. be perfect, uh-huh. but to actually move closer to that ownership more and more every day, so that we can be in our power, we can have that inner peace as we move mm. through our life. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Without disconnecting, right, Trang? Because that's easy. Sometimes it feels that way. I remember feeling that way when I was doing a, a lot of the spiritual practices with meditation and then learning about the law of karma. And then I remember thinking that way, whatever happened around me that was not nice, you know, people getting hurt and all that, I would say, ah, it's karma. That's just, and then it's almost like, um, there's a word for it. It's not disassociation, but it's a, uh, It's a way of feeling less, becoming less empathic in a way. So I don't connect with other people's Mm -hmm. feelings and and pain. And then, you know, I quickly learned that there was not really a path for me. I could not keep going with that idea, those concepts. It didn't didn't work. And then now I do, when I I heard about the, the war between Russia and Ukraine, so it made me sad yeah. immediately. There was, I could not believe that, you know, living in the age that we are living now with all these, you know, advanced technology and scientific knowledge and all, and how could we have that, let that happen? How could this happen? Human beings killing one another. It doesn't make any sense. So that made me very sad. Yeah. And and then, of course, that question arised, you know, I know that, Nothing's really happening out there. It's happening here. But why am I feeling this way? So I don't know. I really believe that it's not a belief system, even that's the wrong word, but we are, everything is connected. So whatever happens, I I feel it. Um, like yesterday, I had an interview with a man that he, I live in Florida and he lives in Florida too. And there was a building here in Miami that collapsed and his grandmother was in it. And 98 people died mm-hmm. instantly when that building came down, part of the building came down. During the, the entire interview, I was, I mean, if, if you see that interview, I looked so depressed <laughs> because I and sad and depressed and everything else you can think of. And I was, it was just all of them. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So all that, all that, those feelings, they were arising, but I could not disconnect from them. So, yeah, mm. I know we're almost at the end and this is another top, a topic for another interview, I would say, <laughs> but I'd love to hear from yeah. you a bit about that. And then um, we'll say goodbye in a few minutes, Trang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think everything that you said, like I, yeah, I, I, I mean, agreeance and like very similar experiences, actually. Like, uh, I love how, you know, we all go through our own experiences and then we kind of land <laughs> yes, in the same true. place, <laughs> so um, you know, at different times and different yes. points. But yeah, like I uh, honestly, like I feel like you you shared that so uh, well. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we, we have that in common. As humans, right? We guess what we are, human beings. Uh, we're having a, yeah. having a, spirit, a spiritual experience or so spirit having a human experience. I don't, I don't see the difference. It's kind of hard to, to uh, kind of disconnect them. So, 
Yeah. It has been wonderful. Thank you so much for your presence in this reality, doing what you do, being you and all these uncovering of the truth. It's just so beautiful. Thank you again, Trang, for this conversation and for what you represent in this reality. Mm, thank you so much for this opportunity, Valeria. It's been so wonderful to have this conversation and I've enjoyed oh, every yes, moment. But before we say goodbye for today, what's the best place to find more information about you and what you do? Oh, for sure. I'd say the best place is on Instagram. That is where I am most active. And you can find me on Instagram at Trang, my first name, T-R-A-N-G, underscore Nova. Yes. And you do have a website too. Is that, uh, is that okay to um, uh, disclose that here? Try and have that on the podcast? Yeah, of so course. aligned. <laughs> For sure. So oh, yes, yes. Um, the, uh, the, the website now is www.trangnova.com. Uh, I did rebrand recently, so it was aligned to performance. And then now I'm I'm me, you know, I'm a personal brand. Everything that I do is me. So trangnova.com. So I'll change that. I have the other uh, website. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Trang. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Trang Nova and her work, please visit alignedperformance.com.au. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.